Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Okay, so I am really excited about um, my interview today. Um, I I was telling Haley, who's um, my podcast uh, guest today, that I was a little nervous because this is actually the first podcast interview that I'm doing where the story is unfolding to me for the first time as much as it is to our audience. So I'm excited because this is going to be just an adventure for me as much as it is for all of you listening. So I would like to introduce to you Haley Brown, who is um, one of my uh, beautiful you coaching academy sisters. We, uh, we finished our uh, coaching academy class together, um, did a lot of hard work together, and um, we're continuing to help each other refine our businesses and get them off the ground, and um, just working collaborative, collaboratively together um, on just launching each other's messaging um, out to the world. And in that, um, I've just gotten really excited about um, the stories that I am learning from the women that I have shared this coaching journey with. And so I wanted to be able to share and learn Haley's story today. So Haley, I'm going to let you introduce yourself um, and just tell us what you want us to know about you. If that's, um, you know, anything from hobbies to occupation to your coaching business, whatever you want us to know about you, this is your opportunity. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm so excited to be here and to share my story with you, which is um, very exciting. And I love that it's such a great opportunity just to really dive in and get to know people at another level, which yeah. is, um, and I think as, you know, as qualified life coaches now as well, it's that's such a huge part of what we love and what we get joy out yeah, of. So yeah. it's really exciting. Um, so obviously, you know, listeners would hear that I am from Australia. So I live in, um, <laughs> you can't hide that. Uh-oh. I'm from um, Western Australia and actually live in the Pilbara region um, in a place called Dampier. So it is pretty much hot summer here, say nine to 10 months of the year. And I'm talking like 40 degree plus heat. And that is um, in Celsius, right? In Celsius, so in Celsius, yes, in Celsius. I don't even know what that converts I, to in yeah, Fahrenheit. I have no I idea. <laughs> uh, but it's bloody hot, let's just say that. Um, uh-huh. And we're in our most amazing time at the moment. We get eight weeks of this beautiful winter, which would probably convert to what your summer would be. So it's yeah. like a normal, normal summer, but it's absolutely uh-huh. beautiful. But we moved up here, actually moved up to the Pilbara to do my Pilbara, my um time in the mines for 18 months which was you know meant to take my corporate career on a a very big trajectory and a big path and 
and it did for a time, but um, I'm here now 11 years later with no plans wow. of leaving anytime soon. So, um, but yes, yeah, so it's beautiful. But um, I guess from a work sense, I'm, I'm a leadership and mindset coach uh, for women in business. So I like to take them on a self-awareness journey so they can really connect and thrive as modern leaders. Um, I guess my style is a blend of coaching and consulting, and I support the incredible women that I'm lucky enough to work with to gain a greater level of self-confidence and really a deeper understanding of who they are. And I love being able to have an online business and work in a remote location like Dampier in WA and connect with amazing people all over the world, just like we're doing right now, yeah. which is pretty yeah. um, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's um, a, yeah. because it's yeah. like five o'clock uh, Pacific time here where I'm at, but it's yeah. about 11 a.m. I'm thinking Saturday. 8 a.m. It's 8 a.m. Yeah, on a Saturday morning for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. so it's I'm crazy, having wine while she's having kombucha. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little different world right now. Totally different worlds. I, I love it. It's just magic to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm also a, a wife and a mother. So I've got uh, two beautiful babies. I've got a five-year-old daughter named Stevie and a three-year-old son named Rory. And um, hubby and I have been together 10 years this year. So married eight years at the end of the year, but we've been together 10 years. Um, I'm also, I know you've got your wine. I'm a huge red wine girl. That is like one of my favorite things ever. Oh, okay. Which red, <laughs> which red is your favorite? Oh, I'm a Shiraz girl. <gasps> me Absolutely too. Love oh, awesome. Uh, awesome. Me too. Yeah. And we've got some of the best Shirazes in yeah. Australia. Yeah. yeah it's, um, the wine region in South Australia is just absolutely incredible. Anything from Barossa Valley, Clare Valley, McLaren Vale, they are your go-tos for Australian Shirazes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing yes we should live closer because we could have a glass of wine in for real <laughs> totally I'm like hanging for that day Jess, but I I actually have <laughs> um and yeah I guess I love like hobby wise and stuff I love CrossFit and I know you guys have mm-hmm. you've got CrossFit over in the states as well yes. um that's been a huge part of of my journey and who I am and where I'm at right now as well I'm definitely no um you know dear Claire Toomey or um <laughs> amazing fit uh boss lady but I'm um I love it for that balancing my mental health and feeling strong on the outside as well yeah so yeah so but when we just love the water as well we live by the water love getting out on the boat Uh, paddle boarding um all of that kind of fun stuff so yeah so that's pretty much me well I know we've had this brief conversation about you know about uh, some of us who are in our coaching school together, getting together yeah. and actually meeting each other because our graduation didn't get to happen because of COVID. No. And so uh, we, when we were all expecting to meet each other, we didn't get to. And um, so we had this conversation about, I'll go anywhere but Australia because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reptiles and insects are way too big for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then uh then you send us this video of like a like your tourism video from yeah. where you live and I'm like, "Oh, I could so go there." That is oh, just you would it's love just beautiful. It. But it is so funny though, but I was so like, "Yeah, but they still we still do have the like we opened our shed door the other day and there was a snake in the, no, <laughs> no, the no, door." No. <laughs> that is like my biggest phobia. So that is just uh, a little more. Jess, but I'm not coming to your house, Haley. I am not coming to your house. But we have cool stuff happen. Like across the front of my office, I can li- 
like literally have kangaroos that jump yeah. past. Like it's pretty yeah. incredible. But no, yeah, that, the that is what. And the spiders and that kind of stuff. That is like that's that's genuine fear. Yeah, if every if everybody could see me right now, they would see me like cringing, like my whole body. I grew I grew up in. Um, Arizona, uh, mm. a southern, uh, southwestern state in the U.S., and yeah. um, it is where diamondback snakes live. And so my dad put the fear of God in us about snakes because these guys can really hurt you. Absolutely. And, um, so I think from the time I was little, I'm just me and snakes. We just don't. I can't. Even, I can barely do a worm. It's just yeah. really bad. <laughs> Anything that looks remotely from this nation, like I am not in. Yeah, no, it wiggles and no legs. It's not my thing. I um, love it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, I know that um, in our brief conversation, uh, just a mm-hmm. real quick synopsis of um, part of your story. And I don't know yeah. if I am jumping the gun here, so you can redirect me if you want to. But you had sure. mentioned that uh, CrossFit was a very pivotal tool for you. Um, in kind of a life space, uh, a, a moment in life that got really difficult for you. And um, mm-hmm. and so I've kind of tucked that away in the back of my mind before this conversation and then realizing where you have headed with this coaching business. And I'm really mm-hmm. curious uh, where how your journey got you to today, yeah. why CrossFit is important to you for you've mentioned mental health, but I know as a yeah. runner for me, um, I totally understand that it's a, yeah. it's a, it's just therapy to do your thing like that. Um, just Absolutely. to burn off that, all that extra energy. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious what you want us to know about mm-hmm. your story and how you got to today. What does today yeah. How does it matter to the story that you have lived up to this point? Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. I guess I'm really going to take us back a few years okay. and go on a bit of a journey to get to where we are now, if that's okay with mm-hmm. you. But I um, I guess I'd take it back when I mentioned that I moved up to the Pilbara originally to do my 18 months Pilbara time. So I was 24 and I'd just been given a, a role with Rio Tinto Iron Ore. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Rio Tinto, but it's a big, um, it's an international mining company um, and mining in Western Australia and for Australia um, is such a significant part of our economy and, and, you know, what makes us operate. So getting into that kind of big business um, was like a, a tick for me in feeling like, oh, you know, I'm going into this role up there and I feel like that's a big start of, of my corporate career that I was so keen to succeed at. So I actually, mm-hmm. um, human resources is what I'm qualified in. So I have a bachelor okay. of business majoring in human resource management. And I actually started working full-time in HR at the age of 19 and I was doing my degree ex- externally online and I guess I, you could say I've always been um, a high achiever and I've put a lot of pressure on myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I had these goals and, you know, some of us have those things out there and we've got these milestones. And I was that person that I was like, I want to be a HR manager by the time I'm 30. I want to have a baby by the time I'm 30. I want to be married by the time I'm 25. I had all of these different mm-hmm. milestones and I was just pushing and hustling hard to, to get to that place. So at 24, when I got this job opportunity to move up to the Pilbara, I was like, sweet, 
I am on my way. Um, that was, you know, I was single at the time. I had been offered a six-figure paycheck. I had <laughs> been a, my own house by the company to live in and, you know, all of those material things made me feel like that was success for me, right, and I was <laughs> hitting those milestones. And I was working like 5 a.m. till God knows what time at night and genuinely wanting to do it. Like I wasn't feeling pressured from anyone else but the pressure I I put on myself. Um, Then 18 months later, I got promoted to HR superintendent and I had met my husband-to-be during that time as well, which was really cool. Um, Did he work with you? He didn't work with me, but he was a Rio employee. So um, it was cool, actually. So I was living in Tom Price at the time, and he was in another town called Panawanica doing fly and fly out. And I got asked to go to Pana to cover for a few weeks for their HR advisor there because they were on leave. So I went inland to Pana, and um, there he was. And he was was actually a hydrogeologist and... um, I met him there and he ended up asking if I needed a lift home to back to camp. And uh, we went for a drink and and the rest is history. <laughs> um, so we literally did uh, long distance for six months. Like he, every second swing he would fly to Tom Price or fly me back to Perth, which is the main city in WA. And six months later, we both got offered a job in Parabadu. So I got offered the HR superintendent role and he got offered a hydrogeologist role and we literally moved in together and just went, let's see how this goes. Wow. Um, wow. Which is pretty crazy. And it obviously worked, thank God. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was really amazing. So we had our, our Rio romance, that we call it, um, and we lived there for 18 months and then I got offered another opportunity on the coast. So it's hard to describe what this Pilbara area is like, but the inland, like Tom Price, Panawanica, Parabadu, they're all like very much inland desert places, whereas where we are in Karatha and Dampia is the coast. So that's like the dream spot to get to. Gotcha. You're still living remotely, but you're on the water. And okay. you're near Dampia Archipelago and amazing fishing and all of this kind of stuff, right? So I got offered a role with Rio Tinto Rail and that, if you know anything about um, HR and, and the rail industry in Australia, it's very high from an industrial relations perspective and it's, I guess it would be seen as the most more of challenging role hmm. um, yeah. in that HR space in mining being in the rail industry. So I was really excited to get that opportunity because I thought this is going to take me close yeah. to my, my next level and my goal of hitting manager by the time I'm 30. And we moved in the same year, we moved to the coast, we got married and Phil was doing reverse FIFO. So he could move over, but he couldn't get a job as a hydrogeologist on the coast because we're on the water. You don't need to be water. Right. Um, right. So it took six months before he could get a job still within the same company, but not utilising his skill set. He became a, a contract supervisor. So, which means that any contractors that come onto site, he supervises gotcha. those jobs. So that's the sort of role he took on. But in that time, so I got to, would have been 27, and I was like, check, I've got married. It didn't happen at 25, but 
still hit my milestone. <laughs> um, got, you know, large superintendent role. I was like, great, I'm, I'm on the track. And I was just, again, just kept hustling, 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 working huge hours and not looking after myself at all. Like when we self-care for me at that point in time wasn't even something that was a part of my vocabulary. Like it wasn't even a, a thing. Um, we would still go out on the boat um, and have little adventures and things like that. But in regards to yoga, meditation, exercise, journaling, all of the things that really are a huge part of who I am right now were not even, like I said, even mm-hmm. vocabulary. It just wasn't even there. So I was working these crazy hours and then I got to a point where I started throwing up at work and like just randomly I would be mm-hmm. in a meeting and I'd be like oh my god I'm gonna be sick and I you know go out excuse myself vomit come back to the meeting um I would be driving to or from work and I'd need to pull over to throw up um and in this two-week period I had a, a night where I left work it was after dark and I drove out and I was driving on the road and then didn't realise I was actually on the wrong side of the road until I was at the traffic lights looking at other cars. Wow. wanting to look up. I had no idea. Wow. Um, and then one particular day, which was, I guess, I would say the day that was very pivotal life change for me, um, is I, I went to work and I, I arrived. It was really early. There was only one other person in the office. And I had these tinglings down my legs, like this, like um, when you get pins and needles, you know, if you get pins and needles in your yes. arm, like that all down my calves. And I started feeling really emotional. And I called my mum and I was like, I've got these like weird pins and needles down my legs. And she's like, maybe your boots are on too tight because I had to wear my full safety boots to fight, right? So okay. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a logical thing, right? So I undid my boots and like, no, still have the tingles and I still felt like I got really short of breath and I was like Mm. really freaking out and so I said to the lady that was in the office I was like look I'm not feeling right I'm going to go home but I'm going to take my laptop because I will keep working like so don't think I'm not going to be working (laughs) you know priorities but I just need to go home because something's not feeling right and this is the only time I'll ever say this but I got home and thankfully my husband was there because he had man flu um, and that's definitely nothing we would ever celebrate ever. Um, but this day, I honestly am so blessed that he was home. And it's like as soon as I saw him, I just broke. Like he held me and I cried and my body shook uncontrollably for a few hours. And he just laid me on the bed and held me. And then he just said after a few hours and like wasn't settling down, but I'm, I'm going to book a doctor's appointment. I need to, need to get you to the doctor's. And so went to the doctors and, um, oh, another part I didn't say, but I, I thought I must have been pregnant during this couple mm. of weeks, vomiting and all that stuff, but they kept pregnancy tests kept coming up negative. And so I got to the doctors and she said, look, I, I want you to do a pregnancy test again for me. Um, so I went to do that. She knew I wasn't pregnant, but she wanted to have that time with Phil with me not in the room. So yeah. I had a bit of a chat about what, what was happening. And when I came back into the room, she said to me, now, Haley, what you're experiencing right now is a stress-induced breakdown and you're suffering from severe anxiety. And mm-hmm. I was flattened. Like I had, that was like the last thing I ever thought anyone 
would say to me that I, I was so thinking about those logical, tangible things like my boots are too tight, I'm pregnant, yeah. I've got a bum, you know what I mean? Like those real surface level things, not for one second did I think it would be a connection to a mental health issue at all. Wow. And wow. looking back, there was so many signs and even my family and my husband were telling me all the time, I just didn't want to hear it, but they're like, you're always stressed, you're always in a rush, you're, you're, um, your fuse is just like so short. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept saying, like, I have to work, I've got to do this. Like, I was cancelling weekends away to go away with friends because, oh, no, I have to get this work done. And I would literally just set myself up at the table on weekends with a laptop while hubby would go fishing or whatever would happen because I was like, no, this is what I have to do and I have to do this to achieve these goals I'd set for myself. And, um, yeah, then I was sitting in this office and she literally said to me, you will not be going back to work for at least three months. There's, you've got <gasps> a huge journey to go on here. And I was like, whoa. So going from like wow. literally like this workaholic to being told like, but nah, you're not going to be doing anything. And I was given the option during that time to go on medication to try and support, um, you know, what I was going through. Looking back now, I I wish I took a more natural path instead of taking the medication because I did choose to take the medication. Um, But I'm still on medication today. That's something that I, and I'm very open about that. I think there, and I don't believe there's, anything wrong with it and I don't say that I wish I didn't go on it because of feeling ashamed or anything like that it's more because when I did go on the medication I uh, went on a different type to begin with and that type unfortunately had an adverse reaction to me Mm. and where I was at right now and timed it by about a hundred and I was in a world of pain it was uh, the scariest month of my life, I would say. Um, my mum and my mum flew up to um, help out Bill because he just didn't know what to do. But I was um, literally, I'd lost so much weight. I couldn't eat. I couldn't shower with the door closed. I couldn't be left alone. I was just, I'd just cry and shake uncontrollably. I'd get hot and cold sweats. Hmm. I just couldn't leave the house. And so milestones for me in those few weeks as they started taking me off that medication and, and transferring me to a new medication was like I would walk around the block holding my mum's hand but crying the whole time. But if I walked around the block, that was like, wow, that's an amazing milestone. So I went from being like this HR superintendent dealing with like general managers, CEOs, in this corporate sector, making, you know, helping make decisions and influence outcomes to not being able to walk around the block by myself. Like it was just this huge polarizing experience. And I just remember going like, I don't even know how to fix this, you know, and I don't want medication. And I think with medication, with anything with mental health, that's like one part of your pie. Like you've got one piece of pie that you take the medication that you need to support giving you that equilibrium and balancing you out mm-hmm. and quieting down that noise but then you need to do the work and you need to get counseling and you need to go um 
you know, find yoga or exercise or CrossFit or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. to get that movement. You need to then eat well. You need to do all of these things that add up to making you whole again. Um, So I literally, I went to see a counsellor and that was a huge part of bringing me back to a place that that allowed me to dive into unpacking those layers of what was really going on and what was creating, what created, um, this monster and got me to this place of anxiety really taking over my life. And I ended up going on a health retreat, which was really big in opening me up to that other space and other world, that beautiful world that we're, we're both a part of, Jess. Yeah. And it was incredible. And it was a five-day, um, I guess, retreat and you weren't allowed to have any contraband, so no alcohol, no cigarettes, not that I'm a smoker, but these were their rules, um, right. no refined sugar, so no chocolate, no caffeine, like it was literally stripping back everything and it was eating raw, you know, nourishing, beautiful foods, juicing cleansers, um, it was meditations and Tai Chi daily, it was yoga, it was acupuncture, counseling hikes the list goes on it sounds amazing oh my god it was (laughs) it it was incredible and the funny I went my mum came with me because I just literally I couldn't travel or do anything by myself I was just such a I guess broken is probably the word I would use to describe it and mum came with me this is the funniest part of the story right so we get over there and mum's like there to support me and they tell you beforehand, like detox off the things that you're not allowed to have. And my mum is not, you know, she's not a drinker or a smoker or whatever. She has like one light beer a day. She's not, you know, but she loves her cups of tea. And she didn't think tea would be that bad to give up for a few days. Literally day two, my mum was in hospital on a drip having withdrawals. from <laughs> <laughs> She's wow. like... She's like, I'm here to help you and you're sitting next to this hospital bed. She's like, go back to the bloody retreat. <laughs> I'm like, you're hysterical. You are hysterical. So I give her shit about that all the time. So they let her have green tea because it's got a little bit of caffeine in it just to, like, help with that. <laughs> wow. It's, but it just shows how yeah. those things can have such a big impact in your life. You don't even realise, like, how it can be physically affecting you, Right. right? It's, um, it's just crazy. But, yeah, so I learned so many beautiful practices there around, you know, the Tai Chi and the meditation, um, journaling. You know what? Just simply being, taking time for me, like the moments that I'd get in there, you'd go back to the room and they would have run you a beautiful bath with, like, rose petals and candles and the whole thing going on. And I couldn't tell you, like, the last time I actually sat in a bath and just actually was still and present in a moment instead of working towards something, hustling towards mm-hmm. something and just feeling like you're in that fight mode, right, all the time mm-hmm. and just running my adrenals at such a high frequency that I just didn't know what it felt like not to operate at that mm-hmm. level, right? So, so I went on this retreat and really wanted to bring those different learnings and, and things back into my new world and it just yeah like I said it was a three-month process of um introducing myself slowly to exercising which just started out with 
even walks, to be honest, um, and trying to bring those different practices into my life and then obviously approach the topic of needing to return to the workplace. And Phil, my husband, definitely was supportive of me not going back to work and I think that's what really helped me make that decision because I didn't have that stress of pressure to exactly that pressure and there was no financial pressure either um because the way we were living and what we were doing we could do that on Phil's wage so that removed a lot of that stress for me too but it's like I had this thing to prove to myself that no I can go back into this corporate space and I can still be the new me and do Mm. this role right so I went back and I eased into a project role um, with it. And interestingly enough, that I think is an important part to share, which probably shows what these corporate environments can can do. And I'm not blaming anything externally because I believe that anything we do, we we experience for ourselves, right? It's like mm-hmm. our own journey. But the other superintendent that was in the team with me at the time, so he was... Um, was a guy who was 10 years older than me and he came from a police force detective background. So he had seen and, and done some shit in his previous mm-hmm. career. Right? <laughs> I'm getting here. He had a breakdown three days later and literally has not been able to return to HR. He's now a doctor, which is really amazing, but took wow. a completely wow. different path. But he, it's like we were supporting each other and had each other's back. And then when I sell, he sell. So it just showed that level of intensity and, yeah, how we were both operating in that environment. I imagine that an environment of highly driven, um, high-functioning people uh, drawn to similar positions, similar environment, similar goals, and you begin to feed off of that together. So whatever level yeah. it might have been at, a, you know, a level two, everybody yeah. together brings it up to a five. Uh, that's so true. <clears throat> and you do, you're right, and you just feed off each other and then you're sort of inadvertently pushing each other mm-hmm. and challenging each other and and it just keeps rising and then you you get that good old comparison artist and competition yes. that comes into play you know they can do that and I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and it's all like it all starts happening doesn't it do you think that I, I'm relating a, a great deal to your story different work environment but uh, yes. personality wise um yeah. and um and I'm curious, because uh, I could answer this question for myself. Um, yeah. But I'm curious, do you, you, you go through this uh, incredible time of drive and push, and there is, I imagine, uh, mm-hmm. um, almost uh, an endorphin type of experience in your, su- your success and your drive. And even though you're operating in that real high um you know, the fight or flight and you're in the fight zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You're operating in that so much that, like you said, you don't know the diff, you don't know what it feels like to not be in that space. So, no. so when then you take this, uh, this immediate like severance from that experience yeah. and you go to a, to another experience that asks you to be in that moment, yeah. to not sit at 
you know, a 10 all the time (laughs) and stress levels and to actually feel everything, to smell everything, to see Mm. everything. Yeah. Did you find uh, yourself going, I, I don't know if I know who I am outside of fight, outside of that adrenal life? A hundred percent. It's like I lost my identity completely. Mm. Like I just, and I think because I associated so much of who I was and what success Mm. looked like in life for me to those achievements at work and those paychecks and those accolades Mm. and (laughs) that when I stopped and had to look in, I was like, well, who am I without that stuff? Right. And I I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't know. I genuinely was like, well, what do I like to do? Uh, I like to work. And what makes me feel good about myself? Uh, Being a successful HR superintendent. Uh, Okay, cool. So, you know, like it's all of these things were just like, it was all this external validation and material things that just had made up who I was. And I, you know, on the other side, like I'm a, I love a huge family person and I love being around friends and socializing. Like I'm a big extrovert, but I was, it's like, that was not as important to the success that I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do to prove to everyone what I could do and who I could be. Mm. And so it was really hard to go on that, that journey for me. And that's why, you know, self-awareness is such a huge part of, what I coach people on mm-hmm. to stepping into their role as a modern leader in their business and in their life, because you don't have that level of self-awareness to really understand what makes you tick, what energizes you, what de-energizes you, what lights you up, all of those different things, you know, what your why is, what you value, mm-hmm. what this goes on. If you don't know all of that, then you get to a place like I did. You get to this place of going, mm-hmm. Shit, everything else that's external is what's creating who I am and how I operate yeah. and how I function. And then if that gets taken away for you from you or something happens that changes that path, then all of a sudden you come crashing down because you're not successful in your own mind anymore. You don't know who you are anymore. And and the list goes on. So if everything is all based around those external validating things, then life can get a little bit scary. I know when when I came through kind of moving out of that uh, adrenal life, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't really have another name for it. Um, no, I like that. That's, so, that's a perfect word for it. Yeah. Um, and into a more self-aware life. Um, mm. I, I remember feeling like, and I still go through um, spaces depending on the yeah. stress level of, yeah. of uh, going, wait a minute, that feeling is so familiar. It's, it's actually a bit comfortable because, yes. because I could, when I go into stress mode, my husband and I talk about it like survival. I am, yeah. I refuse to go back to being a survivor um, yes. where I just survive the day, survive the event, survive the task, survive the um, project that I'm doing. Um, and just to get to the next piece of that, it's like, it's always yes. about forward and it's not about in the moment. And, yes. um, but there's a, there's a part where you feel like I, I, I've never uh, personally been 
had an addiction to a chemical of any kind. So I don't know how to equate that, but I, but it does feel like you're having a bit of a withdrawal from something that is so, um, like it's, it's just part of you. Um, so how did making that transition out of that, Mm -hmm. uh, out of this period of time of, uh, self-awareness of grounding yeah. yourself into uh, the present. Uh, mm. It was like, a, it sounds like it's a, a mind, body, soul detox. Like it just did the whole Absolutely. system all at once. Um, how, how did you move back into a project mm. with the new you? Yeah. And that was the big challenge and the fear and the anxiety really crept back up in a big way for me. Um, with that approaching to return to the workplace. I I was over here on the coast, we've got the rail division and then we've also got the port operations. So I was lucky enough to be able to transition back to the port because I still today, and I've done so much work and I've come such a far away that I've got to drive past rail to get from Dampier to Mm. Paratha and I choose not to look at that place Um, because it just has such a powerful connection to that time in my life and yeah and then there will be days where I'll be like oh I get home and I think I didn't even think about that I drove past rail like Mm. how cool is that but it can just bring up so much for me so I was really lucky to go to the port and I had a a beautiful leader that was quite a a nurturing leader and a a different style at that time and I think that's as someone that is leadership coaching and seeing those things there again those beautiful moments and pockets mm. that you pull out that you draw into you know how you experience mm-hmm. things at shop as a, as a life coach too but um returning back I made sure that I had all of those foundations in place that I knew would support me and I was very clear with my leader as to what I needed and how I needed to operate in order to be successful in returning to the workplace. Mm. So I made it very clear that I would be sticking to the assigned hours and I wasn't going to be working outside of those hours. I was making sure I was creating and cooking myself nourishing food to support me throughout Mm. the day. I made sure that I did some Tai Chi or a yoga practice in the morning to centre myself and I knew the breathing techniques that if I got through the day and I started to feel myself get tight in the chest mm. and my breathing caught up, that I yeah, needed to hold that space myself, you know, and have those breathing exercises. And, and it was really about a lot of clear communication with my husband and my family and still going to counselling as well. But if I was feeling certain things rise up or whatever, I needed to make sure I was articulating that and not letting it get to a place where I was feeling physical symptoms again before I did something about it. So that really supported me in easing back into that workplace. I didn't have a team reporting to me. I was just focusing on a project. Like it was a really gentle Mm. return to the workplace. Um, And I was feeling really, really good about it. And I was doing well at work. And um, then I got pregnant. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was like, Okay, and, and we've been trying, um, but but your I body said, know. "I'm I'm happy, I'm safe. Exactly. It's time. It's okay. You can sustain That's exactly this." Right. <laughs> That's exactly right, and it's funny because we've been trying, and I'd um, I've had endometriosis and different things over the years, and and I do believe it's all stemmed from all of this stuff, yeah. right? What happens shows up mm-hmm. in our body, but. Um, 
you're so right in saying that my body felt like it was in a relaxed state enough and a safe place enough to be like, I'm ready to receive a baby mm, now. Yeah. And um, oh, what so a beautiful I felt, thing. Isn't it? It was so, it was really exciting. Yeah. Um, it was really exciting right up until I hit the six week mark and then vomited profusely for my entire <laughs> pregnancy. Okay. Oh, we are so much alike. I'm listening to your story and I'm like, um, outside of the corporate setting, I could just yeah. infuse myself into you. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that what's amazing about sharing stories? Because yeah. you just find out so much about someone. I go, yeah. oh my God, I'm not alone. And I totally connect with yeah. you right now. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. So cool. I, I feel for you because I, I had somebody um, with my first pregnancy. I was, mm. my husband and I got married at 19 or he was, yeah. he was 19. I had just turned 21. And yeah. it was like two years in and we ended up, um, ended up pregnant, yeah. <laughs> just ended up pregnant. but anyway, <laughs> found out I was pregnant, but, um, but I, I threw up all the way through labor. I mean, it was like yeah. from, from the be- moment I found out all the way through and yeah. I had this, uh, this girl, uh, come up to me at one time and at church and she says, yeah. isn't it the most beautiful experience to be pregnant? And I just looked at her and she's never been pregnant. And oh, <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, this is the worst thing I have ever had to go through. <laughs> it was a good I, thing there was a cute baby on the other end because. <laughs> oh, that is like the only good part about pregnancy. Yeah. Well, and I did it I twice. Just, I don't know what yeah. was wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my husband actually thinks I'm crazy that I put myself through it again he's like how can you honestly want to do this twice after how you yeah. went through that I'm like I don't know there's something calling me for another baby oh no you can have it I'm done <laughs> oh that's what I'm not now I'm done now I meant oh. for that number two. Oh no literally I uh, made my husband get a vasectomy when my son was three weeks old because I was like I'm not even okay so I, I'm going to take us on a little tangent here after sure. my second um my husband had a vasectomy. Yes. And then about oh, probably a year or so, I don't even remember the time frame now. Um, yeah. I like so regretted it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, what did we do? Oh my gosh, we were so young. And um, yeah. and I thought, what did we do? We just stopped our family. Like, what if yeah. what if there was supposed to be more? We had a reversal. No. Yeah. <laughs> he made, yes. yeah, I know. And uh, it never worked. So, and then later, you know, I had my own issues, but, uh, but I was like, what was I, I mean, my poor husband. (laughs) I love that he went through it for you though. He's like, okay, I've got you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely worse on the reversal than the, the vasectomy. So I, I, he just gets kudos from me for that one, but. Absolutely. Well, no, I locked it down. Like Phil got a vasectomy and then I even went and had a procedure to like burn the uterine wall and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I can't actually carry a baby either. So I'm like winning, cannot put my body through this again. (laughs) Um, I was like, I was literally back at work. So when I was pregnant with Stevie and I would be, you know, having a phone conference with someone and I'd put the phone on mute and I'd vomit in a bucket and the wow. being next to me and then be like okay keeping on I was it was horrible it was just yeah. so horrible uh, um but yeah so then I obviously had Stevie and went on maternity leave and then I was in this place again where I was I feel like no one prepares you enough at all for being um, a mother and going through this 
life, incredibly life-changing experience. But, you know, I went from, I'd gone through all of that and I'd gotten back to work and I'd done all those things and now I was at home by myself with this new baby because, you know, hubby had to work Mm -hmm. and we live away from any family up here. And I was like, shit, like what what do I do? And battling through, (laughs) you know, like what happens now? Um, and we got there and, you know, I threw myself into the mother's groups and the yeah. and it, it was crazy. I saw you're busier than, it's right. just it's so right. hard to explain, right? It's just so hard to explain, but it was really cool to step out of that corporate world and just be a mum. And I was still busy all the time and doing things, but it was just doing it for someone else and doing it for a, a different purpose. And a, it was just really amazing I don't know I I think it's like the best hardest thing we we do as women if you do have children yes it's just amazing but I um I got to a point where I I said to my husband I think Stevie was six months old and I was like I I think I'm gonna want to return to work after my maternity leave and Mm -hmm. we had spoken about it when I got pregnant we were maybe this is the time that you step out of that corporate space and you look at doing something different. And I was 29 when I had Stevie. So I turned 30 when she was three months old. And I still had that niggle in the back of my mind about wanting to be a HR manager by the time I was 30. Mm. And it was those sort of old behaviours surfacing a little bit for me. But then I was like wanting to prove that point was like, no, I I can go back. Like I've worked really hard and I can still achieve this. And I want to be, I know I'm that woman that needs to work. I I can't do mum life full time. And I take my hat off to the amazing women that can do it because it is genuinely a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But I need, I'm not, as good a mum as I can be if I'm not filling my cup up from gotcha. working and yeah. doing what I want to do, right? So I sort of I knew this about myself. And then funnily enough, a few months before I was my end of my maternity leave, I got a call from the company and they restructured and they actually offered me a HR manager role to return to work too. So I hadn't even been at work and I got offered this promotion that I'd been working my butt off for. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they said it needs to be full-time. It can't be a part-time basis and you'd need to come back right when you'd had your 12 months off. So Stevie would have been, she was 11 months old and I was looking at returning to work full-time straight up, um, after having a baby. And that was really confronting for me, but I was like, you know what? I've got this. Like, I was just like, I'm superwoman. I can do this. I'm, I'm diving back in. Right. So we built a granny flat on the side of the house. We organised to have an au pair come to look after Stevie because they didn't want to put her in daycare full time. So we really restructured our whole life. And I went back to work. And then three months in, I started seeing those old patterns and behaviours show up because, you know, you take your um, promotion to that next level and then you put those expectations on yourself and then there's more expectations from other people in the business because now you're a manager and you're being paid as a manager you know you will work more hours and you will achieve this and you will do that and then of course I had that pressure on myself double at home because I'm like but Stevie can't be affected by the fact that I'm a working mum but I still need to be like this amazing mum at home so as soon as I finish work that I'm like Stevie time um 
all the things, Stevie. Mm. And again, what so what drops then? So I find everything at work and then I have everything for Stevie at home. You. See you later, yeah. self-care. So there's nothing that I was doing mm. again for myself. And I dropped all of those because how selfish of me to do something <laughs> for me when I'm working and have a baby. Like that's just ludicrous, right? Um mm hear the sarcasm in my voice now as I say this because but that's where I was at like I just said oh no you're you're being selfish and five months in I got to that place again at work and I just started crying at work again and I was like oh my god what how have I done this to myself after going through that whole journey and I'm saying I've done this to myself and I just went not tapping out not doing it Mm. and six months after I, I had a conversation with Bill and so this is going into that six months of returning to work and I just said I know this is an amazing paycheck I know I wanted I said I wanted this in my life but I I can't do this I don't want it and mm-hmm. he was like 100% walk away you, you've got to just he step didn't out want to see you go through that again he really did it and he's like you've got a daughter now that needs you you can't go back to that place and I I did it I walked away I was like I can't I can't do this, mm-hmm. um, which was a really tough thing for my ego because I felt because I tied success to those things, I felt like right. I had to right? But obviously I reflected and did the work and kept up. I was doing my counselling the whole time <clears throat> um, and doing my journaling and those different bits and pieces and really did a lot of work to shift what success actually meant mm-hmm. to me and I thought, and I think this is such a big part of the journeys we go on, we can't just go through one experience and do a bit of work and go on a retreat and do the meditation, the journey, and go, oh, I'm fixed now. Everything's fine. You know, it's like this continual journey and practice that we need to hold on to and commit to and create space and time for each day. Um, you know, I still have things that pop up now around my self-worth or comparisonitis and things that happen. And I feel like I'm a very self-aware person now. But those little monsters, they're always yeah. going to try and creep back in, aren't they? They're just going to yes. try and challenge us. And like you said before, like, because you were someone that was so high-functioning, you operated that adrenal space for so long, it's like a an easy, safe space for you to fall yes. back into. It's, it's such so habitual and so part of who you were for so long it's so easy to just flip back into it um but I I was like no I need to I need to work still but I'm not ever going back to corporate again and I'm I'm not following this path but I need to do something and we had an au pair as I mentioned and I'd always wanted to have my own business so I thought all right well why not there's a there's a market here why not I I start like an au pair business where I look at bringing au pairs in for people in the Pilbara region to um, have support with childcare, and it was so much fun. It was my first venture into creating my own business and connecting with the community, which is a huge value for me. But after doing that for twelve months, I was earning like ten dollars an hour um, when I backed it all out. It was just more <laughs> of a passion project, let's be honest, than making money. And it was such a cool way to step into something. Completely different, yeah. And my own business and do those kind of things, and um, yeah, it was it was incredible. So it sort of sparked a fire in me, and I I kept doing it for a bit, and then fell pregnant with number two, and went through all of the fun things again. Except this yes. time you have a toddler running around that you've got to look after yeah. as well. 
Yes. It's adorable. I, I found my, my girls are three and a half years apart from each other. And it, it, there was one day I was so sick on the couch. I, I couldn't do anything. And, no. and she, uh, I go into, go into the bathroom to throw up yeah. and yeah. I pass the kitchen and she's three years old standing yeah. on a stool in front of the stove, frying oh, herself an egg. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> I have completely failed at this. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is really rock bottom parenting. And, um, and I think it was in that moment that I decided the vasectomy after this was a good idea. (laughs) I just want to say, I'm super impressed that at three, she even knew how to do that. So I think that's like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I figure, you know, when I need help, when I'm old and I can't cook for myself, I know who to call now. She's got your back. She's She's got got your back. Phoebe would come in, I'd be vomiting, and she'd come in and she's like, enough now, mom. And she'd be trying to close the toilet lid on my head. Oh, she's like, come on, enough, enough. I swear she was raised by the wiggles, like, uh, yes. my whole second pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, mine was Teletubbies. So, yeah. yeah right. There you go. There you yep. go. Oh, my God. Just fun times, right? Right. Oh. <laughs> I just I just keep hoping they don't remember much of it. <laughs> Oh, they say they don't. So I'm like, hell yes. Thank God. (laughs) Right. Oh, so scary. And um, yeah, so Rory was a journey all on his own. And he's like, I guess, another layer to my story. I would say Rory has definitely been my challenge and I'm meant to learn something from Mm. him. And Mm. this year I've really realized that what my lesson is with him is, is patience and slowing down because Mm. as you would have heard from my story so far, I'm someone that is like, go, go, go a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And I, it's something I still struggle with today, like just slowing down and being patient and trying to be in that moment. Like I really kind of meditate and do yoga and be right in a moment. It's genuinely like something I have to work at. Mm -hmm. Like it's not something that comes easy to me. And my mind is on 10 different projects while I'm trying to meditate. Absolutely. And it goes, you know, you hear them say, you know, let your mind wander, but bring it back to the moment. I'm like, my mind, I spend the whole time fucking lassoing my mind (laughs) back into the present, right? I'm like, come on, get it back here. Be in this moment. Oh, that's why I love the techniques for me are those ones where you need to sit and smell, like tell me what you smell, tell me what you see. That because it's you can it's tangible things, right? Mm -hmm. That you can just keep doing, like trying to sit there and just near center, I I really, really struggle with. I think that's one reason why uh, when I I didn't discover running until um, my mid-30s. And when I did, it it became such a a beautiful space for me because Mm -hmm. my body is just moving in this repetitive um, motion. And my brain would go, you know, for the first couple of miles, it's just all over the place. And it's almost a bit of anxiety, you know, working out all the conversations in my head. Um, But after I've gone for a little while, it's like I burned off that energy of the mind racing everywhere. And I could just finally relax. Absolutely. And and it was, uh, you know, there's the whole other side of, you know, 
being competitive with myself and all of those things that can come into running. But when yeah. I truly just rest into it, it's, yeah. it's really burning off that energy. And so I find as much as I want to spend time meditating, because I know it is a good practice for me, it is, yeah. it's a, it's almost more disciplined to do that than it is for me to go on a run. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important for people to find what works for them right. because when we talk about self-care like people you know you go to the top things that people hear that that's what self-care is but self-care is really what helps you as a person so if right. running helps you like you just said then that's that's your self-care and that doesn't mean that you need to then go and journal and have a bath and meditate after that because that means you, you've hit your self-care brief it's all about finding those things that help center you and ground you and do that. And that's going to look different for everyone. Um, so I think that's what's really key. And that's what's beautiful, I think, with mm-hmm. working with coaches, exploring what that can look like for you. Because when we try and, and I love when people do try and they go out and go, all right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. And then they go, well, self-care and that, that's not for me because that's not working. Like, yeah, that's right. not working because you haven't found what works for, for you. you. <laughs> Well, and for me, my, my life coach was able to help me discover that what felt like, um, almost a bit of a failure in myself, like I could, you know, that comparison to somebody else that they're able to do this, but I'm not, or uh, that, that equation between not being enough and being too much of a person, right? And yes. when, um, when my life coach was able to help me kind of to find that space of, of really loving my own story, loving yeah. my own self when it was different than the way other people that I actually really admired, um, I really yeah. respected the practices in their life going, that's, that is theirs. So what is Absolutely. mine? And that yeah. was a, that was a game changer for me of, um, releasing myself from the pressure um pressure pressure is a very comfortable feeling for me um to place myself under it um I told uh, we joke in my house that when the zombie apocalypse comes (laughs) I am the one you want to be with because I'll go into (laughs) I will go into that mode where I can shut everything off and I will get shit done we will kill the zombies right and um but I will, I probably won't remember it because I just yeah. got us to the other side. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no in that present um, space. So trying to find yes. those things that are uniquely me, but still yeah. provide me what I saw was, was helpful in other people's lives was a tricky yes. space. And it, for me, it took somebody guiding me through that. It Absolutely. sounds like it did for you too. A hundred percent. I wouldn't have gotten myself to where I am now without that external support because, and I still have moments with, you know, I, I love like coaches have coaches, like, like you said, right. I've got a coach and we've got a great like community network that mm-hmm. we're a part mm-hmm. of with each other now as well. And if you don't have that other lens of information coming in and someone supporting and guiding you and just helping pull out what is inside that you can't like think of it like a puzzle. So you've got all the pieces, but you don't have that picture that tells you what you're making. And it's like you've got that help for people showing you bits of the picture so you can put those puzzles together. Absolutely. That's a beautiful analogy. I love that. And it's just, you know, and I think we need to, and I think what we do is we get caught up in going, well, if I have to ask for help, then I must be doing something wrong or I must be failing at something. Right. It's like, no, asking for help is like 
the best thing you can do for yourself and the most empowering thing you can do for yourself. And I wish I had figured that out in my 20s. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Yep. Uh, because I think I would have saved myself and my family um, a lot of, uh, well, you you do those those uh, coping skills or those life skills long enough, and um, you really do have to just completely rebuild. And, it, oh. and, and the fact that you had a, a husband who was so supportive of that process in your life, that whatever yes. it was going to take to have you... Um, feeling whole and feeling supported yes. and feeling um, uh, mentally healthy, physically healthy. He was going to yes. do that for you. Oh, and it's just a game changer for me having that partner. And, you know, it's so funny. I'll have friends and stuff say to me, oh, you're so lucky to have Phil. And I think not luck is not the word for it. I think we attract and draw in the people in our lives and, and we we know who we are and we have those things and we, we attract those people. And I wouldn't marry someone that wasn't going to be supportive of my journey and who right. I am, right? And I would be there 110% for him if the same type of thing happened or if he went right. down that path. I just think that's just about being someone's person, isn't it? And just understanding and respecting and appreciating who they are and what they need and showing up them and I just don't think luck has anything to do with no. it. Um, no, I, I think you're so right. And I I felt that way um when when I went on a, a journey myself yeah. that all of the all of the people that were supposed to be in that journey with me were there and I couldn't have gone out and handpicked them myself. It was yeah. it was uh it felt a bit magical um honestly yeah. because um you find yourself sort of um, not intentionally, but you kind of weed out the people that aren't going to be supportive in that shift in that process in your life. Um, And they may come back around at another space when you've, you know, come through that journey. But, um, but the people that are in my life now who were supportive of me during mine uh, will be, I'm hoping will be in my life the rest of my life. Right. Um, because oh. they they knew how to how to be present with me in those shifts and those changes. Absolutely, and that's such a key point, I think. And the weeding out of the people that aren't supportive of that journey and where you want to be and how you want to transition into, it's okay to let people go, mm-hmm. and it's okay to appreciate that they were part of this part of your journey, but they're not part of this next part because that's not supportive of you and it's not serving you and that's okay. And I absolutely um, lost people along the way because I think we find we can attract. So who you are and how you operate, that's what you're attracting, right? Right. So if I'm operating at this high adrenal level space, then I'm hanging out with those people. Right. And if I'm trying to then transfer out of that, but I've still got these people in my life, like, I'm just going to get stuck. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, like, I'm going back to that vortex. So you've really got to, and you mm. can do it in a, a gentle way. It doesn't have to be some nasty breakup, but you can transition right. out of investing time in that relationship or, or that place and really move into channeling your time and energy mm-hmm. into you know, other areas. And I think that's really important because we get scared to let people go or feel alone. But to be honest, I prefer to have no friends than friends that are going to make me operate in a space that doesn't serve me. It's it's really true. The, 
I, uh, we, t- my husband and I talk often, there is a certain amount of energy that exists. Yeah. And what, what am I, I get to decide how I use that energy where before the, the project, the, um, uh, the chase, whatever it was I was after, um, for me, part of that was triathlon. So there was this chase, this, uh, this uh, energy that was being moved into there. And, and I, you only have, I only have so much of it. And so where, where do I really want it to go? And the ownership of that was really actually very empowering was to say, I didn't, I didn't have to be, uh, ruled by that, Um, I could actually choose where I placed it. And so that did mean that there were some social settings or relationships that didn't get that energy that I had to spend. Um, Absolutely. And ultimately for me, it was my family first and everything, you know, came after that. Um, So for a period of time, there is not much more than that. And then you, you find that, okay, I know I can do this part. I can do, I can invest here and I can, I can branch out a little bit. So how, how did, how did CrossFit end up in your story? Yes. So I was like, that's a long winded way for me to get to that place. Wasn't that? I was like, I'm going to take you on this full journey. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, uh, I'm really curious how going from uh, where you started and Mm. finding this to be such an important tool in your life now. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, um, with Rory, after I had Rory, it was um, a really huge journey with him. Um, he had five surgeries in mm. 18 months. Wow. And, yeah, so that was pretty hectic. And he didn't sleep for two years. Like he would wake at least five times a night. So we got to a point where we had to take him to sleep school and, and all mm. sorts of things. And, and I was finding, again, so much of my time and energy was going into being a mum and right. uh, looking after it. So a toddler and then a, a sick baby. And, and I was, I started my HR consultancy business as well. Cause you know, as you do um, <laughs> in that time and um, I needed an outlet and I needed something. I was feeling physically weak and emotionally weak mm. and I needed to find something. And I knew movement was such a huge part of giving me those natural endorphins right. to keep me, kept me going, kept me motivated because I was doing yoga and I was doing my walks and started doing a bit of Pilates, but I'm like, I'm just not getting that rush. You know that rush you speak yes. about when you were running? You know, I wasn't getting that rush. Yeah. And I was like, no, I need to do something for me. And, and one of my girlfriends up here, um, Brooke Turner from Balance Fitness and Nutrition, she is a trainer and she's an incredible human being. And she does CrossFit style training. And it was that ease into training after, you know, post having a baby so I was like all right I'm going to give this a go Brooke's one of my best friends this is going to be a safe place and I tell you what I got out there and it kicked my butt I was so unfit like I'm one of those people that I'm super blessed to have a fast metabolism because I was thin but I was like an inner fat girl right like I was not (laughs) like high level exercise so it kicked my butt but I found that the endorphins that were released and the way I was pushing myself but in a way to support my physical and mental mm-hmm. well-being just like took my energy and my view on life to a completely different space and so I wasn't sleeping or anything like that but I also wasn't having caffeine and mm-hmm. 
And so I was getting this natural energy from doing something like CrossFit. And I had never liked exercise, which is why I never did it. Didn't like the gym environment, didn't like those kind of things, the pump classes and the, yeah. and the whatever. Yeah. I never got anything out of it. But going, walking into this CrossFit gym up here, and it is a special, special gym, I'll tell you that. Like the two people that run it, their husband and wife, and they've just created this community and culture there mm-hmm. that is literally second to none. And you you feel a part of a family. And it's just and they're so supportive and so like they celebrate the small wins. Like I would be lifting weight that to them would not be a heavy weight, but they are just like, well done on mm-hmm. you know, and you just get these natural, you get that validation that I right. said I need, right. but I'm getting it for things that are about me, about mm-hmm. my strength and my commitment and dedication to my Your health progress and yeah. exactly and all those good things about yeah. me not about my title or my job or me as a mother or anything like that right. but about how my dedication and commitment is paying off for my physical and mental well-being and so I ended up finishing up with Brooke's program and went into proper CrossFit classes um, out of impact. And I, Phil and I actually sat down and we made, we're like, this is something that's serving both of us. We both train. And so we mapped out on our calendars how we can make it work with being able to train how we want to in a week while still being able to support our businesses and our work and serve our children. But this is going to be a priority in our life mm. because we're getting so much out of it from an emotional and physical perspective right. that it's making us better people and better parents and, and all of these things. Mm. So we really mapped it out. And now we go four times a week, two times a week we train together, two times a week we tag team. Alternate, yeah. yeah. Make that work, you know. And then I make sure that I have – yoga on another day and go on a hike the next day. So I actually went on a hike with Stevie last night. Which I'm oh, beautiful. Really well. But we go out to that community and that space. And when I'm in that moment, like CrossFit, I don't know if you've ever done it, mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. high intensity training and strength training. So you get in this moment and you've got a clock on and there, right, you've got to do this amount of things in this period of time. You're going to do this. And you just go to a place where you cannot think about anything else. No. You're just trying not to die. <laughs> just trying to keep breathing and not die and get it done. So I have this hour every day where all I think about is exactly what I'm doing and trying not to die. And it is the most freeing, amazing experience. And I finish that and then I have this moment of going, fuck yeah, you just crushed that. Like, well done you. And now you deserve to go and do what you want to do because you've filled your cup up and you've invested in your health and you've invested in your mental well-being and you're crushing it. And I just get all of this amazing feeling yeah. in myself. Yeah. And it's something that I get to do. I genuinely look forward to going and doing it because I know how much it serves me. Yeah. And I yeah. see my gradual progress and I connect with the community and I build relationships with people and all of these things. Like, and again, if you could see me now, you can see me, but I, I like it lights me up talking about yeah. it because I know how much it serves me. And even the pillars of CrossFit and what it stands for have actually had such an influence on me that I've created a program 
um, called Lead Your Business to Success that I'm going to be releasing um, next month, which is really exciting. But just the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not influence, the inspiration Mm. came Mm. from that CrossFit journey for me and those pillars it stands for because it's just so much more than just being about I'm going to go exercise so I can lose weight. It's just so much more than that. Uh, You said something in there, and I don't know how intentional it was, but I think it's incredibly profound. You said that CrossFit serves you. Yes. And I think that that is very uh, critical in um, how we engage things like CrossFit, running, um, you know, hobby athletics, um, things that we're doing, you know, for our health. It, it is a very easy space to come in and say, no, I serve CrossFit. I serve yes. running. And it becomes this ownership in our life. But the fact that you can you can see it as something that gives to you and supports you and says, these are the things that are important in my life. And this helps me to make those things important. That's huge. Absolutely. It's huge. And it, re- it genuinely does. Like, And I know because I feel like I am so self-aware with what serves me as a person now, I know the things that I need to do to be in my happy place mm. and to be in a place where I feel like I'm effective with my business, giving all to my clients, um, effective as a mother, a partner, all of those things, and having that beautiful balance of doing CrossFit doing my meditation, doing my journaling, going on my hikes, having connections with my friends, all of these different pieces of the puzzle help give me that balance. And if I take some of those things away, that's a significant shift in that balance. Mm -hmm. But it's taken me years to find out what that beautiful balance actually is. You know, it is a journey and something I need to keep working on and keep fine-tuning and keep doing. But I know if I take those things away, then it can all crumble yes, down again. Yes. And it's a scary thought, but I'm so invested in knowing that that won't happen again, that I'm going to keep showing up for myself and doing these things that I know I, I won't get there again. But to, it's like you've, you build this you build this strength, you know, you go on this yeah, thing, you build yeah. this strength and the strength gets stronger the more you become aware of those things that serve you. Right. So I'm so I'm curious now kind of hearing this story of transformation for you. Yeah. Who are you as a coach that is different yeah. than who you were corporate? Absolutely. I am like a totally totally different person. <laughs> but what I I like I know like the corporate thing it sounds like someone I want to hide away because it was such a, a challenging experience for me. But I guess what makes me from a coaching perspective, what I think gives me that value to give to my clients is the fact that I have had that experience and I have that really good understanding of that corporate space and what leadership looks like from a corporate space and to then be able to intertwine that with the life coaching um, elements and journey and foundation. And so when I work with women who want to work on themselves as a leader in their own business or in their life, depending on the path they want to go down, I've got so much experience from that, you know, corporate space and those tactical leadership um, pieces, but then blending it with the life coaching, the journey I've gone on to turn me into the leader that I am today. I feel like that's what makes me unique in my offering and why I use the term modern leader is because when I think leadership, 
itself, it feels really corporate to me. And I feel like it attaches to you're a leader because you're a manager or a CEO or a, right. you've got all of these people that report to you and and that's what being a leader is. But for me, a modern leader is someone that encompasses and understands who they truly are and that the fact that they are leading every day. You're leading as a mother. You're leading as a friend. You are leading in your industry. You are lead, the leader of your life, right? And that is modern leadership to me. And, yes, I can support the tactical leadership tools if you have a team. Yes, I can help with those things with your business. But my modern leadership coaching goal is to make you feel like you are the leader of your life and to get into that level of self-awareness, clarity, confidence and understanding to like work through any of those barriers that are making you feel like you're not that beautiful leader um, of your life and where you're steering your ship. Okay, you're higher. (laughs) (laughs) I want in on that. Yeah, give me some of that. (laughs) I'll just take all of it. (laughs) Just put that up in a little it has been one of the beautiful things of walking into this um, arena, this culture, this environment of life coaching, because I have uh, met so many different women with different passions about what it is they want to offer the world. And Absolutely. one, it's inspiring um, yeah. because uh allowing uh, your stories and your experiences to become part of something that you get to give back to the world is, is just inspiring. Um, But the other is that I have been uh, just blown away by the creativity and the, um, the areas in which people, um, women specifically, because that's who we went to school with too, was um, the areas in which they want to dive into. And um, I know we have a group that we are kind of, um, uh, you know, supporting each other in our, in building yeah. our businesses. And I'm like, I look at our group and go, I need every one of you. Can I hire I know. you all? I want to do every, all of this. I know. <laughs> every, everyone has something different. And I'm like, yes, I want that. And I want yes. this and I want that. And yeah, it's, it's so it's, cool. It is, it, it is a beautiful thing. And, and I think that this is, this is part of why I'm wanting, um, women to share their stories with me on a way that we can share with the world. Um, Because I, I believe that our stories are powerful. And as you and I have just discovered in this conversation, we didn't Mm. know how much we connected um, with each other, right? Until we have this conversation. And, um, and I, and I know that when I, when I listen to someone tell their story, I see myself in it. And so when they have this when they have hope, when they have, um, you know, transformation, when they have something that they've overcome and they, they're in a, in a space in the journey that I'm not quite at yet. It's, it's, gives me, uh, gives me hope that I can get there too. Right. Absolutely. Um, So I think that's so powerful. Mm. So, um, as we kind of look at, um, wrapping up, because I mean, I could talk to you for hours. I'm sure we can just keep unfolding stories. Um, so we might just have to have, you know, a version two and three or whatever. Absolutely. But, um, but if you could leave our listeners with um, uh, kind of your, I don't know, your nugget, um, yeah. what, what, would that, what would that be? Um, yeah. it, 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 does it come from something within your story or something that you're passionate about that you want to offer the world? 
what do you want to leave people with today? Yeah, I just want to leave people with the fact that self-awareness and going on that self-awareness journey, I believe is the power that unlocks so many things in our life for us and really tapping into us and who we are as leaders is going to help you shine and succeed in so many parts of your life. So when we truly know who we are, how we operate, how we want to show up, we're going to be the best version of ourselves, Mm. firstly for Mm -hmm. us, because that's number one. Secondly, for our family, our friends, our business and who we serve. And I just think take the time to tap into you, really understand those things before trying to invest in anything else because when you know that about yourself, you'll truly shine. And I, I absolutely love that because the the theme in your story is mm. that you didn't listen to you. No. You didn't yeah. take the time to say, I am important beyond mm-hmm. the job, beyond the, all of the responsibilities and because yeah. that can feel like you're taking care of everything. But yeah. you, when you started to tap into, I, I haven't had a bath like this. Yeah. Like, like, this is I, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a bath. What yeah. in the world have I been missing out on? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's amazing what we um, we take from ourselves. I often think about the, you know, when you take a, a flight and they tell yeah. you that uh, to put the mask on yourself first before you put yes. it on your child. And I used to, the first couple of times I heard that, I was just appalled. Like, no, I'm going to take care of my kid. Are you crazy? Exactly. And um, yeah. I so understand that now in such a, a bigger scale than just oh. the plane, right? That we we really do have to take care of us so that we have something to offer our family and offer yes. everyone else. But um, but that that deep work, the the time invested um, to do the deep work, um, it's just never wasted. It's it is never. necessary. Absolutely, and it's never ending. You'll oh, yeah. always learn Absolutely. more. You'll always learn more. Um, at different parts of your times of your life and as different things happen in your journey. So where can people find you? Absolutely. So I have a website people can check out, uh, www.hayleymarie.com.au or on Facebook or Instagram. So you can find me as at Hayley Marie Official on Instagram and at Leadership and Mindset Coach Hayley Marie on Facebook. And you are a bit like me. Your name is spelled in a way that if they don't yeah. spell it right, will they yes. find you? <laughs> so, it's H-A-Y-L-E-Y and Marie's M-A-R-E-E. Um, but I also have a really cool um, quiz that I'll, if you can drop oh, in yeah. the notes, I'll send it to you. Um, and it's a really great quiz to just try and tap into seeing what the number one block is or barrier that may be stopping you from being the best leader that you can be in your or in your life. So I'd love to um, share that with your um, audience and they can take that quiz and see if that shines some some light on things that may be showing up for them. Absolutely. Well, I I am just so I feel so privileged to have um, to have heard this uh, version of your story because I know there's a million questions I have about your son and <laughs> you know just there's there's so much else that I know is under there and um, but for what we've what I've um, had the privilege of learning about you today I just really thank you for that and for offering that um, uh, story to us um, you're so, so welcome yeah no I've loved it thanks you so much for having me I've absolutely loved it 
Thank you for listening, and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you. I believe stories matter. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to share stories from women all over the world with you. I want you to be inspired, encouraged, motivated, challenged. I want you to tell your story too. If you'd like to hear more about my story, you can visit my website, jessicatravis.com. I've shared a great deal of it in my blog, as well as in my shared podcast with my husband called Sacred Spaces. Both of those can be found at my website. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Facebook.